Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. Tonight, I'm going to talk about even if the shoe fits, even if the shoe fits, so we're all ladies, so I would ask, is there anybody here that likes shoes? Do you love shoes? I know I love shoes. Yes, everyone knows that. Even with a size 11 shoe, I still have quite a collection. My husband likes to tease me and say that I should have been born a centipede so I could wear more than one pair at a time. So there is estimated to be thousands of types of shoes in the world. In the U.S. alone, consumers spend $20 billion a year on footwear. The footwear industry generates $48 billion if you include global purchases. In the USA, there are almost 30,000 shoe stores with Payless being the largest. So there's no doubt that we have a passion for footwear. And I agree with the statement that shoes can make or break an outfit. They're either going to pull it all together or make it very unappealing. Likewise, as ladies, our attitudes can make or break how we appear to those around us and even to ourselves. In a University of Kansas study, when presented with photographs of complete strangers' footwear, people could accurately determine up to 90% of that person's personality traits and economic demographics, which basically just means what class they were in far as income. Isn't that pretty amazing? Just by looking at their footwear, they could tell what type of personality they had, maybe how much income they had. So while shoes are considered practical items, they also serve as nonverbal cues with symbolic messages. People tend to pay attention to shoes that they and others wear. They even influence first impressions. So shoes can be an accurate indicator of who we are, what we want to convey about ourselves and our identity to others. Unless you're a child and your mom forces you to wear purple high-top filas because they are on sale. True story. I know that story very well. I've heard it more than once. You can ask Bishop Triss or my husband about that. Shoes are the soul, S-O-L-E, of an outfit. But an attitude is the soul, S-O-U-L, of a person. It's been said that the feet are to the body what the will is to the soul. And we will go wherever our will takes us. So if our will is the car that we're driving, our attitude is definitely the steering wheel. Scripture says in Romans 10:15, How beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. So our feet are considered beautiful. And tonight I will preface this by saying some of this is truly tongue-in-cheek. It's meant to be funny, okay? It's, we can all laugh and have a good time because some of it is meant to be that way. So don't think I'm being all total serious and you can't laugh because some of this is definitely tongue-in-cheek, okay? So our feet are considered beautiful if they're carrying the good news of Jesus to the world. But not just feet by themselves. Ephesians 6.15 says feet that are shod with the gospel of peace. One of my favorite scriptures comes out of the book of Solomon, chapter 7, verse 1, and it says, how beautiful are thy feet with shoes, O princess daughter. So, if the daughter of a prince has feet that are made beautiful with shoes, then how much more are our feet made beautiful with the right shoes when we're daughters of the king? 
So we're going to learn about some different shoes tonight and find out what types of attitudes and personalities they convey. So right off the bat, we're going to start with a very domineering shoe, and that is the steel-toed boot. Very rigid, very stubborn. She is slow to repent, slow to receive instruction. She wants things her way. She doesn't like change unless it was her idea. She's somewhat prideful and stomps around demanding her way. Kind of like a bullfrog gets all puffed up and refuses to move from his pad. Isaiah 46 and 12 says, Hearken unto me, you stout-hearted, which also means hard-headed, that are far from righteousness. The Message Bible says in Zechariah 7:11, But did your ancestors listen? No. They set their jaws in defiance and they shut their ears. And in Proverbs 29 and 1, which is also from the Message Bible, I read, For people who hate discipline and only get more stubborn, there'll come a day when life tumbles in and they break. But by then, it'll be too late to help them. So this person's very stubborn, very unchanging, slow to repent, slow to receive instruction. So that is the steel-toed boot. So we don't want to be a steel-toed boot in our personality. Next... We are going to talk. I've got to dig in my little basket of shoes here. Next we have, and this is going to stand in for my moccasin, okay? I know it doesn't look exactly like a moccasin, but you can just pretend. She treads softly. She's a peacemaker. Very calm, not easily provoked. She's submissive and receptive. She's a humble and obedient ser serpent. Servant, not serpent, servant. First Peter 3 tells us, that we're made beautiful with a meek and a quiet spirit, even more so than the outward adornment of our clothing and the styling of our hair. It goes on to tell us in chapter 5, it tells us to be clothed with humility, that God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. Now, this lady is not a doormat, okay? But she's also not an attention seeker. She doesn't speak just to hear herself talk. When she speaks, others listen, because she has something meaningful to share. She isn't flashy in her dress, but dresses modestly and pleasing to the Lord, choosing to give glory and honor to God and not to herself. That's the moccasin. Next, we're going to talk about the galosh, the galoshes, or the rain boot, also known as a rain boot. The lady that's like the galosh, she's consistent. She perseveres through the storms and trials of life. She can stand up to all kinds of weather. And when the rain hits, it's made out of rubber. It just makes her shine. Boots get all shiny when they get water on them, don't they? Rain boots do. And that's just what happens with this woman. When storms come and trials come in her life, it just makes her shine more. She's not easily discouraged. She's the type of lady that when life gives her lemons, she makes lemonade. I was trying to find a story. I've been reading Barbara Johnson, a, a book that I know um, Sister McGee has. She's really funny. She's been through a whole lot in her life, a lot of trials, a lot of trials. Uh, death of a couple of her sons, and her husband was disabled anyway. Really amazing what the woman's been through, and still to have such an awesome, positive um, attitude. But she shared a story. I was trying to find it so that I could read it directly, but I couldn't, so I'm just going to paraphrase it. But there was a lady that found out she had breast cancer, and she was going to be going through chemo. And she was, you know, really discouraged, and there was a lot of, uh, you know, we all know because of what Sister Sheila's went through, we know what that's, that she's gone through, things like that. And so this lady decided, you know what, I'm just going to go into this with as positive attitude as I can have. And 
she was uh, had in the middle of her radiation treatments. She it was around Christmas time, and she was getting out all her Christmas ornaments to decorate her tree. And she had this one ornament that was uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer nose ornament. And so she got real excited. She went to the doctor, and she was going back for another treatment. And, of course, they got her in her gown and everything. And so while she was waiting on the doctor, she went in the bathroom, and she came back out. And uh, she had opened up her gown, and she had fixed that little light-up Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer nose right here. And the doctor came in, and she said, I tell you what, doctor, I think those nurses are getting it wrong. And I think they're giving me a little too much chemo and radiation because look what's happened. And she showed them that light was just a flashing, you know. Said that laugh that they had was just the best. It just totally brightened their day. So she was finding joy in a really hard time. Not that her situation wasn't serious, but she just found a way to find something to bring joy to herself and to someone else. Why do kids want to put on rain boots? Why do they want to put on galoshes? Because they want to go outside in the rain and splash in the puddles. You think, are you crazy? It's raining, it's cloudy, it's gloomy. But they don't care. You know what? When they're out there splashing those puddles in the middle of the rain, what are they doing? They're laughing. They're jumping. They're having a good time. For this lady, the joy of the Lord is her strength, as Nehemiah 8.10 states. Her attitude is not determined by her circumstances. She's not up one day and down the next. She just stays consistent, stays faithful, and keeps going forward. So that's the galosh. That's the rainbow. Next on the list is the sneaker. You have to watch out for sneakers because they're very sneaky. This person's very sly. She creeps and she stalks and moves about in the shadows. She spies on people, tries to dig up dirt on others tries to find the skeletons in their closet. She lets her actions be influenced by the enemy. You might, she, she is what you would call a wolf in sheep's clothing. At camp, Brother Cody Mayo told us, if a sheep is attacking the shepherd or other sheep, then it's not a sheep. It's a wolf. Because true sheep won't behave that way. Be very weary of sneakers. If they've done it to someone else, don't think they won't do it to you. Don't bear your heart or tell your secrets to a sneaker because sneakers have tongues and they'll go to wagon and they will use it against you to embarrass you or hurt you. Be very weary of sneakers. Next is Mary Jane. Mary Jane. This lady is classy. She's full of integrity and godliness. She's what the epitome of a true lady and the epitome of the Proverbs 31 woman. She dresses modestly, but yet she's still very fashionable. She's stable, consistent, friendly, and loving. Now, Mary Jane, we can look up what the name Mary means, and it means a wished-for child. It can also, if you derive it from its way, way back origin, it means my beloved or my love. Mary desires to use her abilities in leadership. She tends to focus on the big picture, and she sees the larger issues. And then Jane, Mary Jane. Jane means Yahweh is gracious and merciful, a gift from God. She enjoys life immensely. She desires a stable, loving family and community, and she has a strong need to work for others. So she works at bringing unity in the midst of her church and in the midst of friends and people. Here's a few verses from the Message Bible, Proverbs 31, that describes Mary Jane. Verses 10 through 12, a good woman's hard to find and worth far more than diamonds. 
Her husband trusts her without reserve and never has reason to regret it. Never spiteful, she treats him generously all her life long. She's quick to assist anyone in need, reaches out to help the poor. Verse 25, her clothes are well-made and elegant, and she always faces tomorrow with a smile. Verse 28 through 30, her children respect and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise. Many women have done wonderful things, but you've outclassed them all. Charm can mislead and beauty soon fades. The woman to be admired and praised is the woman who lives in the fear of God. And that's Mary Jane. And she's a good one to be like. Okay, so next we're going to talk about, find it here, our loafer. This is our loafer. This is a woman's loafer. And I think I have another one in here that Bishop brought for me. This is considered a loafer too, guy's loafer. This woman is lazy. She's not involved in the church. She comes sporadically. And if she comes, she may come in late, but not for any good reason. She has the attitude that you should just be glad that I showed up. She has no zeal, no passion, no desire to work for God. She's what you would call lethargic, complacent, apathetic. She doesn't take care of herself, her home, her health. She may not even be able to keep a job. Romans 13, 11 says, And that knowing the time, that now is the high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. On up earlier in the verse 4, it says, The soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Proverbs 20 and 4 in the Message Bible says, A farmer too lazy to plant in the spring has nothing to harvest in the fall. And in chapter 26 says, love this just as a door turns on its hinges so a lazy bones turns back over in his bed a shiftless sluggard puts his fork in the pie but is too lazy to lift it to his mouth i tell you what that's pretty descriptive ain't it that's lazy put your hand and fork in the pie and you can't even lift it to your mouth that is lazy let me tell you so and then you take the loafer and you say but what about up penny loafer, which I don't have a penny loafer, but it's pretty much like this, except it has a little slot right here that you stick a penny in, okay? A penny loafer has all the traits of the loafer, but is also stingy, a real penny pincher, not a giver at all. Like the priest and the Levite who bypassed the Samaritan laying helpless and injured on the side of the road, this person, this lady, is not willing to inconvenience herself to help someone in need. But Proverbs 28, 27 tells us, he that giveth to the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. This lady, of course, she doesn't pay tithes. She doesn't give offerings. She takes what little she receives and buries it, like the servant that received one talent and buried it in the ground. And when the master returned, he took that one talent from the servant and gave it to the one that had the most. Second Corinthians 9 and 6 says, But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. It's important to be a giver. And you all know that Pastor and I are big on the open hand policy. And I went back and grabbed my journal from when I was on the road. And I just want to share this story with you. I may have shared it in times past, but um, I just felt like sharing it tonight. It might be an encouragement to someone about the importance of just giving. Whether it's a sacrificial giving or just giving when you're in abundance. Just to be a giver. Sunday night, this was the first night of our home revival. First revival we had back when we first started evangelizing was in our home church. 
And Paul's grandma Weisenberger gave him a check for $20. At that point, we really didn't need it, so we decided to give Roberta $20 for her gas. She was driving back and forth to the revival that week and didn't really have the extra funds. On Tuesday night, I put a check for $20 on her purse. No sooner than I did that, Sister Sharon Roberts came up and handed me a check for $50. That same night, actually, no, it was Wednesday night, we discovered a gift in the back of the church for us. Thanks to Patty, she showed us where it was. Sister Jessie, I don't know if y'all remember Brother Roosevelt and Sister Jessie, she had embroidered a beautiful quilt for us. The next day at home, I told Paul that I felt like we needed to help my parents out. They had recently run into some big bills with my brother's car accident. I had a figure of $50 in my mind, and I told Paul to pray about it too. When I took out the quilt from Sister Jessie, I discovered another envelope inside with a card, and it contained a $50 bill. I ran to the office and showed Paul, and I said, now we can help Mom and Dad like we wanted to. So we went down to Tennessee, and when we arrived at their house, I gave Mom the money. It was also kind of a payback because earlier in the year, they received $100 from my grandmother and had given us half of it, and that money helped us to get home. So I gave that $50 to Mom and Dad. Well, today, Grandpa Holland came to see us. He said the Lord had impressed on him to give us $100, double what we had given Mom and Dad. And he said it was from him and my late Grandma Holland. He said she would have been proud of the work we were doing for the Lord. Then Imogene came over. She handed Paul and I each an envelope containing $50 each. God more than doubled what we gave Mom and Dad. He quadrupled it. Just like Johnny James said, which he had spoken prophecy to us. Now let's see, I said. Who do we know right now that's in need? The more we give out, the more we keep receiving. Started with $20 and ended up with 200 Just because we kept getting it and we kept giving it away. You can't outgive God. I have a friend, a good friend of mine, Jamie Garnett, at conference and she has a husband who's a pastor and their son Levi's 10 and um, they went to conference and didn't have a whole lot of money but they each kind of had some cash in their pocket kind of their own spending money so to speak that they all took with them and at the one of the services at the conference that night um, brother Matthew Ball stood up and he was taking up an offering for foreign missions and he was talking sharing his burden sharing some of the needs of the missionaries and such and as he spoke Jamie said I looked over and I saw Levi get his billfold out he took out a couple dollars it wasn't long he put that two dollars back and he got out a 10 well he got it out and I seen him put the 10 back and she goes and then I kind of just wasn't paying attention and she says I really felt impressed that I just needed to give what I had left of my money just to give it and so after service we all kind of come back together and she's like Levi what did you put in the offering tonight he says mom I just gave everything and she said so did I and her husband looked at her and he said I did too and they said, uh, how are we going to buy groceries when we get home? Well, they all gave all their money. It was like $280. They gave all of it that night. Well, walking back to their room, someone handed them a card, had a check for $300 in it. Got home, had a bonus check come in the mail for $300. God doubled what they'd given. And that's just two stories of what God will do if you will be a giver. And that means... We give of our tithes. We give 10% because we can make it what we have to make it with with the other 90%. We give of offerings. When we see someone in need, we give it to them. And that's just what being a giver. So we don't want to be a penny loafer. We don't want to be lazy and stingy. We want to be a giver. All right, so next we're going to talk about, and I have two different styles here, thanks to Sister Jenny bringing it with me. And I didn't say Pascal, Sister Jenny Trout. The crock. Now, 
Although crocs are not made out of crocodile skin, they're actually made out of a resin known as crosslight, we can't ignore the name of the shoe or the image they bring to mind. And, in all fairness, the company logo even has a crocodile prominently displayed. So, what is a croc like? She has a thick skin. She's not easily offended. She lets offenses roll off her like water off a duck's back, or should I say a croc's back. Crocs even produce an oil through their scales that allow mud just to slide right off. Crocs spend a lot of time basking in the sun. Likewise, this woman spends a lot of time basking in the sun. She may appear somewhat shy, but she enjoys spending time in her closet of prayer. And she's content to work behind the scenes, even if she doesn't get any credit. Crocs are very, they watch. They glide around, keeping their eyes open. They're very watchful. They're very protective, and they fiercely guard their young and innocent. This lady, she watches out for the children and the new babes in Christ. And she does her best to shield them from any negativity and would rather be hurt herself, like Pastor talked about Moses last night, would rather be hurt herself than allow one of the young to be stolen or injured. So you might be surprised what is behind that thick skin. And Sister Croc actually is uh, very protective and someone that doesn't get offended very easily. So next, these aren't real, okay? They're, but this is the fill-in, okay? This is the fill-in for the shoe item known in our generation as the Ugg boot. You heard of the Ugg boot? It's a sheepskin boot. It's fleece on the inside and has a tanned outer surface. It looks a lot like this, except that it's brown. These are, though, my $10 knockoffs from Target. But Uggs are worn for warmth and comfort, but Uggs were never known to be worn for fashion. Frank Mortel of Mortel Sheepskin Factory stated that he began manufacturing the boots in the late 1950s and named them Ugg boots after his wife commented that they were ugly. It didn't matter that they were warm and well made. She only saw how ugly they were. So, the Ugg lady. Her life may be peachy on the inside, but you would never know it by her outward appearance and attitude. This is a lady that you don't want to ask how she's doing because every answer starts with, ugh. She's always complaining, and she'll tell her sob story to anybody who will listen. Life's always terrible. She walks around with a frown. She's always down in the dumps. She doesn't support the ministry or the leadership either because they're terrible too. She's always fault-finding. 2009, American podiatrist Ed Chairman raised concern that the regular wearing of Ugg boots could be detrimental to foot health due to the lack of arch support. So, someone that's not very supportive. could be very detrimental to her own spiritual health. So, you may see this lady, and you may see lots of positives in her life, but you can't convince her of that. And eventually, this attitude will be detrimental to her spiritual health and well-being. Okay, the next one, I do not have a little shoe to show you. But I want to talk to you about clogs. Wooden clogs. You know, the old-timey Dutch shoes or the wooden clogs, okay? They, people even wear them now. They've just kind of made them a little bit softer on top. But the original clog, made out of wood. They don't flex under the ball of the foot as softer shoes do. They are very rigid. The way that women wear these, they're kept in place on the foot by curling the toes or by the toe peg styles, by gripping the peg between the large toe and the one next to it. 
So, the lady that is like the clog, she has stick to it itis. She's committed, she's dedicated, she's sold out to God in the work of the Lord. Because she's not going to bend or break under pressure. She's like that scripture, she's like a tree planted by the water. She shall not be moved. She's steadfast and responsible. She's the lady that built her house on the rock and not on the shifting sands. So when the storms come, she withstands the mighty winds and the blowing rain. Her strength is found in Christ, and she knows that his strength is made perfect in her weakness. Now, we already said that these shoes were made of wood. And likewise, this lady always keeps in mind that her Savior was nailed to a cross of wood. And symbolically, symbolically, she's taken that cross and made herself a pair of wooden shoes. She shod her feet with that preparation of the gospel of peace which is the good news, coupled with spiritual readiness. She's committed herself to taking up her cross daily and following Christ. And she's determined to share the gospel with as many lost souls along the journey as she can. Okay? All right, next, we're going to talk about what is known as the thong sandal. You guys heard of the thong sandal? It's a shoe worn by a strap separating the large toe from the one next to it. Now, this woman that's like the thong sandal, she causes division. She stirs up strife among the sisters. She's a gossiper, a backbiter, a rumor spreader, and like our enemy, sometimes even an accuser of the brethren. I mean the sister. Always up in people's business, very nosy, and many times she may end up in a jam, a toe jam. Then she has to try and smooth things over, runs around trying to patch up everything she's messed up. Now, the woman that wears the thong sandals and has this kind of attitude, she's also partial to wearing wedges. A wedge, by the same definition, basically does the same thing, causes division, although it can cause a lot more damage than a thong sandal. The very definition of a wedge is to split, cause disruption, to intrude, an idea or an action that tends to cause division. Now, the Bible says that all things should be done decently and in order. But this woman thrives on causing chaos and confusion. She is the queen of drama. Always has to stir something up. She even finds problems when there's not any to find. She'll create one if she has to. So we don't want to be a thong sandal or a wedge. Next is the converse. The converse lady, she's cool. She's not afraid to be a witness. She never meets a stranger and loves to engage others in conversation. She sincerely cares, and she inquires about their life. She will converse with anyone. She's letting her light shine. Now, the Bible says to have friends, we have to show ourselves friendly. And this lady is very friendly. She doesn't have a clique, and she doesn't play favorites. She's like Jesus when he lived on earth, and she reaches out to everyone. The Bible tells us that Jesus ate with the publicans and the sinners, and he was ridiculed, but that didn't stop him. He instructed him, go to the highways and byways and compel people to come in to the banquet. This lady reaches for the ones that nobody else wants. She's not afraid to get her hands dirty. She doesn't care if by befriending the low and the poor, if she doesn't fit in with the in crowd. She also converses with God in prayer on a daily basis. She communicates with him. But like any true conversation, she doesn't do all the talking. She takes the time to listen to what he has to say. But when she does speak, 
The Bible tells us in Matthew 12, 34, that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And if we go on and read in James 3, there's some scriptures that basically tell us, and I'm paraphrasing, that blessings and cursings cannot flow from the same mouth, the same way that fresh water and salt water don't flow out of the same spring. So this woman always has a praise on her lips, and she speaks blessings. She doesn't speak cursing. She doesn't contradict or change the effectiveness of her witness by speaking cursings or vile things. She's careful with her words, and she's always speaking blessings. Okay, next, we're going to talk about the lady that is known as the flat. The flat is a distant cousin of the ug, but I say distant. But unlike the ug, she doesn't go around telling anyone her problems or her woes of life. She just keeps it all to herself and internalizes all her feelings. She's numbed herself. This woman rarely smiles. She keeps her head buried in the sand like an ostrich. She knows there's unresolved issues or maybe even sin in her life, but she never confronts it. She just ignores it and hopes that it goes away. She likes to pretend that it isn't there. She walks around disconnected from life. She doesn't make friends easy and distances herself from people. She perceives herself as a nobody. Her self-esteem is very low. She doesn't trust people very easily, but that's mainly because she's been hurt so many times in the past and been taken advantage of. To the point that she believes the lies of the enemy, that she can't do anything for God. She feels worthless. The flat is a very sad lady. At times, she may have gathered up enough courage to try, and she may have failed and fell flat on her face. Sorry, forgive the pun. It was intended. But she just gave up. She chose to stay down instead of getting back up and trying again. Now people just walk all over her like a doormat, and she lets them. But, lucky for the flat, we have our next kind of shoe, which I wish I had one to show you, but I don't. But it is called the elevator shoe, also known as the platform shoe. There's many different styles. But the elevator shoe is those that have the great big sole all the way across. That is an elevator shoe. They were designed to give people extra height. They're not heels, but they just have a real thick sole. It also might be considered for someone that has one leg shorter than the other, they would have an elevator shoe on one foot to even them out. So into the flat's life comes a breath of fresh air, the elevator lady. Her shoes have extra thick soles. That's because she's upbeat, she's positive and cheery. But she's still firmly rooted and grounded in Christ because she has a real firm foundation. This lady is a great encourager. Because she's read the scripture in Proverbs 16, 24 that says, Pleasant words are as honeycomb, sweet to the soul and health to the bones. She's good at helping to lift others up. The Message Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.11, So speak encouraging words to one another. Build up hope so you'll all be together in this. No one left out. No one left behind. I know you're already doing this. Just keep doing it. This lady is faithful to church. She goes around shaking hands. She prays with people in the altar. She gives sincere, heartfelt compliments. And just like we know from the Bible in Hebrews 10.25, she doesn't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. She comes, and as the scripture says, exhorting one another. That's what she does. And so much more as you see the day approaching. She continues to encourage. She continues to be faithful. And you know what? This lady is not even phased by the Ugg boot. She'll even approach her and ask how she's doing and listen. And she'll offer kindness, praise, and thoughtful words. 
She sends cards to the sick and visits the shut-ins. She checks off those in the hospital and prepares meals for those who have had surgery. She's just a really sweet lady, the elevator lady. So next we have the flip-flop. Yes. This lady is just what the name implies. She is unstable as water. Just as Reuben was described in Genesis 49.4, she's wishy-washy, never completely committed to God. She just blends into her environment. If you're wearing flip-flops, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about attitudes that can be affiliated with these types of shoes. Don't take my whole lesson and say, I'm wearing these shoes while she's talking about me. I'm not, okay? If you do that, you're completely missing the point. <laughs> this lady, the flip-flop, she just blends into her environment. When she's around church people, she looks like church people, talks like church people, and acts like a Christian. But when she's in the world, she dresses like the world, looks like the world, acts like the world, and talks like the world. You can never be sure of where she stands, but you can know there's one thing constant in her life, and that she's a fence rider. Revelation would describe her as lukewarm. She's not hot, and she's not cold. But God said he would spew the lukewarm out of his mouth. Flip-flops, they just like whatever's convenient. It's fine as long as it doesn't require any work or sacrifice. Just a slip them on and go kind of girl. So I'm going to show you a quick clip that just shows you exactly what this kind of girl is. on Facebook and one day it's I love the Lord and the next day is I can't stand this I just need to just forget it all you know so up down up down that's the flip-flop okay so the next shoe I don't have an example for either but it's similar to this it's known as a mule and it doesn't have the wedge all the way down it has a big chunky heel a closed in front and an open back there's nothing on the heel now, this shoe has nothing to do with the animal. It actually comes from the Latin word mulus, which was a ceremonial shoe worn by high-ranking government officials in ancient Rome. The mule is a backless shoe, has no backbone. Everything she does is superficial and all for show. Can someone say Pharisee? Ceremonial shoe worn by high-ranking officials. Her cup is clean on the outside but dirty on the inside. She's like the one man in the Bible that prayed just to be heard, saying things like, oh, God, I fast twice a week, and I pray three times a day, and I'm so glad I'm not like this man. You know, it's all done for show. And the Bible says that they'll have the reward in this life, but those things are done in secret. The Lord will reward you. 
She has no real backbone. The Pharisees, when they wanted to get rid of Jesus, they plotted and schemed behind the scenes. She's superficial without any substance. Next, and I don't have one of these either, but it's a shoe known as, it's actually a brand name. It's um, gained popularity in the past few years called Tom's. And basically all it is is a slip-on canvas shoe with a very comfortable bottom, kind of like a kid, but it doesn't tie up. Now, Tom's, this lady is a champion and a hero for the poor. Takes care of widows and orphans, the ultimate giver. Because Tom's, the shoe company, was founded by a man named Blake Mykoski. He started the shoe company in 2006. He had been part of the TV show, The um, Amazing Race, and had gone to Argentina as part of the show and realized there were so many people and children there that did not have shoes. Well, he came back, and he also saw that they had a certain type of shoe that they wore that he wanted to bring to America. So when he came back, he owned, actually, an online driver's ed program. And he sold that program for half a million dollars and invested it in the shoe company. And he made a commitment that for every pair of Toms that were purchased, he donates a pair for free to the youth of Argentina who have no shoes. So you could say that he sold all he had to give it to the poor. Now this lady, who is like a Tom, she's willing to sacrifice her own needs to help others. She gives freely. She's a cheerful giver. This lady is also a blessed lady because you cannot outgive God. When you help others, he'll give back to you, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. And I already shared a couple stories with you that prove that. Finally, we come to the last shoe. This shoe is commonly known as the pump, or heel, or dress shoe. But for our purposes, we're going to call it the pump. This lady is filled with energy and excitement and enthusiasm. She's eager. She's stoked. She's, the Bible talks about being hungry and thirst, hunger and thirst for righteousness. That's this woman. And this lady is blessed for being a seeker of righteousness. Not saying that she's always righteous, but she's always seeking after righteousness. So she's blessed. This lady is a worshiper. She doesn't hold back. She backs the word. And her excitement is contagious. When she gets around other people, they just can't help it. They're just like, wow, it just kind of rubs off on them because she just is a contagious, exciting person. So she's a worshiper. She's contagious. She's excitable. She's always excited for the work of God and what's going to happen next willing to do whatever is asked of her. She'll be glad to do it. She always seeks to bring happiness and excitement to others, maybe through laughter. She might be the type of, that likes to tell a good joke just for a laugh, you know, to cheer people up because she's just always excited. She's just always uh, trying to pump people up, you know. She's also an encourager, the pump is. There's a story in here that was quite funny I thought I would share. Basically, I'm just sharing it just because it's so funny, just to give you all an encouraging laugh tonight. The gentleman said on his insurance form. I am writing in response to your request concerning block number one on the insurance form which asks for the cause of injuries, wherein I put trying to do the job alone. You said you needed more information, so I trust that the following will be sufficient. I am a bricklayer by trade, and on the day of injuries, I was working alone, laying brick around the top of a four-story building when I realized that I had about 500 pounds of brick left over. Rather than carry the bricks down by hand, I decided to put them in a barrel and lower them by a pulley, which was fastened to the top of the building. I secured the end of the rope at ground level 
and went up to the top of the building and loaded the bricks into the barrel and flung the barrel out with the bricks in it. Then I went down and untied the rope, holding it securely to ensure the slow descent of the barrel. As you will note on block six of the insurance form, I weigh 150 pounds. Due to the shock of being jerked off the ground so swiftly, I lost, lost my presence of mind and forgot to let go of the rope. Between the second and third floors, I met the barrel coming down. This accounts for the bruises and lacerations on my upper body. Regaining my presence of mind, again I held tightly to the rope and proceeded rapidly up the side of the building, not stopping until my right hand was jammed in the pulley. This accounts for my broken thumb. Despite the pain, I retained my presence of mind and held tightly to the rope. At approximately the same time, however, the barrel of bricks hit the ground and the bottom fell out of the barrel. Devoid of the weight of the bricks, the barrel now weighed about 50 pounds. I refer you again to block number six and my weight. As you would guess, I began a rapid descent. In the vicinity of the second floor, I met the barrel coming up. <laughs> this explains the injuries to my legs and lower body. Slowed only slightly, I continued my descent, landing on the pile of bricks. Fortunately, my back was only sprained and the internal injuries were minimal. I'm sorry to report, however, that at this point, I again lost my presence of mind and let go of the rope. As you can imagine, the empty barrel crashed down on me. <laughs> I trust this answers your concern. Please know that I'm finished with trying to do the job alone. <laughs> So, there are many different types in the world, and we cannot do it alone. We all need each other. All of us are different types of personalities. We have different types of attitudes. Um, but we can say from what we've learned tonight, there are some shoes we don't want to be. We want to have on the right shoe. And basically, shoes have one purpose. They protect our feet. They're protection. They protect us from the rocks. They protect us from bee stings. They protect us from infection. That's what shoes are for. So... As long as you have the right kind of shoes, though, you want the right kind of attitude. You can pretty much go anywhere in life with an attitude, but you want to have the right kind of attitude if you're going to succeed in winning people to God and helping them see the truth and letting them see Christ in you. And that's the thing. We want our light to shine. We want people to see Christ in us. And if they're going to see Christ in us, it really comes down to our attitude, the attitude we convey, and if we're consistent in this life. So let's be the right kind of shoe. So even if the shoe fits, doesn't mean you always want to wear that one. Pick the right one. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.